welcome back to the She's So Seasonal podcast. I am really, really excited because I have the beautiful Helen from iHeart Kmart. She is a beautiful mum who captures the real life of what it's like being a mum using affordable fashion, affordable recipes, which I actually copied your blueberry recipe, by the way, the other day. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) And just sharing genuine lifestyle tips and being herself online. So I am really, really grateful to have her on my show. So welcome, Helen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yay. I, first of all, I want to say you have an incredible community. You have built it up to over a hundred thousand plus followers. Oh my God. Please share with us. How did you start the page? How did iHeart came up, become this amazing community that you've built? Gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago now, but it was literally about nine years ago. Coming up next month will be nine years of iHeart Kmart. And I guess it just really started quite organically. Um, I had my second baby and I was a stay-at-home mom at that stage. I was just experimenting um, with social media and starting to get into Instagram. It was a time when Instagram was, you know, fast becoming what it is today. So I downloaded this app and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, at that time, it was also when Kmart was becoming quite cool. I think there was this really, this real shift with Kmart with their products and being super cool and stylish, but super affordable. So of course, being the stay-at-home mom, you know, I had more time to go down the shop. I'd literally just take a photo of, say, a vase and pop it up onto the Instagram, write a funny caption or just say, you know, look at this vase, $3, how cool, from Kmart. And it just started organically growing from there, a community of people who also wanted their home to look stylish, but on an affordable price point. So For around a year, I was literally just doing product photos from Kmart. My friends and family didn't even know that it was my account. I never (laughs) put my face on there and I never spoke um, and stories weren't about them. So I just let it grow. It was like this little side hobby that I had was just all for a bit of fun. But then after about 12 months, I had a few brands start to contact me and say, hey, if we sent you this product, could you pop it it on your Instagram? And like, that's a thing. Like, (laughs) I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like Instagram was so new and, you know, the word influencer definitely wasn't around back then or content creator. And I was like, sure. So, and that's how it sort of started. People would send me things. And, you know, back then it was all about just gifting and, and showing the product and speaking about the brand. Obviously it's grown further than that now, but yeah, it was just a really lovely organic space to be in. And I think because, Instagram was so new and fresh an account like mine there wasn't any other Kmart accounts like that back then and um it just yeah it just grew and grew and grew oh my god and has it you've got a hundred how does it feel having a hundred plus that like when you think about that number and you were to put that into a room how does that feel Mm. (laughs) to be honest I actually never really think about the number it's still and that's not um, dissing the community that I feel at all. But when I think about it as a large number, it still doesn't quite, you can't com- comprehend it, I don't think. The only time I actually like look around and think, oh my goodness, is when I'm at the MCG <laughs> and I barrack for Collingwood. So they often get big crowds. And I remember just the Anzac Day gone, I was in the crowd and I said to my mum, mum, everyone here today is less than how many people are on my Instagram. And we're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, like, the enormity of the crowd was like, it actually gave me goosebumps. But when, I, when I'm when i on my Instagram, that number, it never has and it still never will uh, define my page or who I am because I love individualizing it. I always try and reply to all my DMs. I reply to comments. And 
I start to know people as a person, not as a number. So the number is fantastic and it helps with opportunities. But yeah, I would never, you know, if it, if it dropped down to 10 followers, I'd still be doing what I do because I love it and I love connecting with people, you know, as individuals. I love that answer. And I think that's why I'm so aligned to you and um, a huge fangirl as well. I've been following Helen for a long time, way before I even had my Instagram account. I've got my other other page and you are a big reason why I was inspired to start my fashion styling page because you were just so genuine. And I think as well, being online, you can just tell those people who are just showing up because they love what they do. They're so genuine yeah. and you just have this beautiful, sunny vibe about yourself. And I think that is Honestly, oh, why people you. follow you because you are just showing your real life. You're giving tips. You're showing mums and just women in mm. general how to dress cute on a budget and how to also set your room up on a budget as well as recipes. Like you are like a triple threat in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like with the recipes, especially like when I started Instagram nine years ago, as I said, there wasn't influencers. It wasn't content created. It was basically the old school blog, right? So yeah. it was a personal blog. And I have always done that without having a platform. So, I mean, ask my mum. I would be in our kitchen at home, the same age as my daughter now, nine, ten years old, and I would literally pretend I was Nigella on a cooking show. <laughs> I would be helping my mum in the kitchen. I'd keep looking up to the non-existent camera and speaking to the camera that didn't exist. You know, this is like, you know, nine, 10 years old. And I loved it. I loved being on TV in my mind, even though it wasn't real. But so it's just such an organic flow for me to now get to do it in real life. But it wasn't contrived at all. And I feel as though nowadays you ask a kid in high school now what they want to do when they leave school and they want to be an influencer. And it's like, ah, I just, I miss that organic time where it just, happened because people were passionate about what they were doing and not because they were trying to make it in the industry so yes. yeah it's, it's fun yeah. you know I, and that's right I'm it is organic for me because yeah. I'd probably be doing it even without yeah. my Instagram I'd probably still be, be pretending I was Jamie Oliver or someone in my kitchen so. <laughs> and we feel that as well that genuine connection that real authenticity of loving what you do is there has there been a time let's talk about like your fashion because that was a big part of why mm. I followed you and First of all, what made you choose iHeart Kmart and how has your style sort of changed from you've got kids now, you've got three kids. Yep. So how yep. has your style, would you say it's changed because of this page? Look, I'd always say I'm always been quite budget conscious when it comes to anything, homewares, fashion, food. We grew up with a nice modest household. We never had it extravagant living and the iHeart Kmart all came about as I said it was around that time where Kmart was becoming you know a little cool um that sort of stigma of a cheap shop had started to drop the homewares were becoming more like the homewares you would see in Country Road or Maya or places with a, a bit more money behind them but you could afford it it was it was on a great price and for me having a beautiful living space on an affordable budget was really important especially because this was my first home that I had with my husband and the fashion side of it as well. I've always been one to, you know, of course I walk past shops and it was dreamy eyes, but it's never quite in my budget. So when shops like Kmart and Target and Big W and affordable prices like that start to have these clothes that mimic these higher end shops, it's just a no brainer. I think back then I would still probably really invest in a good pair of denim or something like that. But then being able to get, grab a cheap cardi or a band t-shirt and mix and match um, 
that's what sort of became my my go-to yeah yeah and you do it so beautifully like whenever I see your post when it comes to fashion I'm always like oh where did she get that from of course came out <laughs> <laughs> yeah well look a lot of it is came out um love to Cuba I love mm. um grabbing pieces from there but then as I said you know to Cuba I might get a really great knit but then I go back and style it with my Kmart jeans like Kmart denim is great by the way I love it and as Kmart has had this stigma over years of oh it's cheap because you know unethical practices well it's not true like the more I've got to obviously know the Kmart team as well and been involved with events that they've ran and education it's a really ethical company which really cares about their workers so I feel great buying a pair of jeans from there and then mix and match it with perhaps, you know, a Decuba t-shirt that was made in Melbourne. So you can still support um, your beliefs in, in your fashion and that you don't have to always have a big budget to do that. I love that message. And I, I remember when we went to the, we met at the Kmart, at a Kmart event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was something I was really surprised to learn as well. And just to mm. be able to see how far Kmart as a brand has grown and us as these content creators being able to be part of that journey, I really love that you're a big advocate on sharing that message because it really is about educating our audience on how to look cute on a budget, but also it is ethical. It is incredible yeah, products definitely. as well. And I think that we're finally at a place where we can start experimenting with these affordable pieces and not feel like we have to spend thousands of dollars to reach that side of things. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, obviously when my page started, I was not super young, but a young mum. And your priorities change, especially when you have children um, on what you spend your money on. So. Do you have a bit of a strategy being a mum, a busy mum, and you are at the shops? What is your, what would you say would be your best tip and strategy for going into the shops, picking something and then leaving mm -hmm. and not feeling overwhelmed or feeling as if the style didn't work for you? Because I know that is a lot of struggles that we have with my audience. Yeah. Well, look, I think it's changed over the years as well. Um, Probably 10 years ago, I would more buy what was perceived as fashionable at the time, whether it be a certain colour or cut or item that, you know, was a buzz item. Nowadays, I'm buying more staples that can be mixed and matched. I'm buying more staples that are more tonal colours that I know are going to last throughout the seasons as well. And that's the thing about affordable fashion is it's not necessarily cheap fashion. The, these pieces are well made and they do last. I've had Kmart pieces, um, jeans, jumpers, um, even tracksuit pants that have lasted me like two, three, four yeah. years now. So I think it's really important when you're purchasing to buy items that you know you can mix and match with your wardrobe, items that you know will not go out of fashion as the seasons go on. For me, when I went shopping, it's always quite easy with a baby in a pram, to be honest, because they just <laughs> sit still. So my number one tip is do not take toddlers shopping with you because <laughs> that just becomes stressful. But yeah, I always like to go shopping wearing comfortable clothing, things I can slip off really quick and easy and try on something really quick. I think if you're shopping with children as well, there is a time constraint on you as to how long they're going to not start crying or demand food or something. So having easy things to slip on and off when you go shopping is a good tip. And just walking in with something already in mind. I think mindless shopping is when you purchase something that you didn't quite want in the first place. So if you can go shopping with, um, you know, I need a knit for winter or I need a new pair of jeans, having that mindfulness is going to make the experience quicker. 
and also less stressful because you're not going to be meandering around other sections. You can get in and get out with what you are specifically shopping for. Oh, I love. Okay. So tip, we've got a few tips here. We've got Mm. Having it in mind exactly what we're sort of looking for. So what is it that you need? That's going to give you the clarity and the energy to actually go, all right, this is what we need. We're going in straight with this. And then second of all, maybe sticking to those basic pieces and staple pieces and not being so drawn to those sale pieces and flashy pieces where you end up buying it, taking it home and going, oh, why did I actually buy this? It doesn't fit my style at all. I just can't make it work. Mm -hmm. And if you are a (laughs) mum... being aware of the time frame you have with your little one, but wearing an outfit that is easy to slip on and off so that you can just get in and get out. Yeah, definitely. Those are some incredible tips. And me being a first time mom, I am going to remember those tips (laughs) and take that with me shopping as a strategy. I think another one as well is have a look in your wardrobe before you go shopping. I cannot tell you how many times I've come home from the shops with a black t-shirt because I love black (laughs) t-shirts. But I think I need to stop now because I have around six or seven black t-shirts. So it's really opening your wardrobe before you even think about going to the shops and seeing if you have what you already might be shopping for is also a really great tip. (laughs) So actually getting to know your wardrobe is key. And it's something that I like to teach as well, Mm. because we tend to forget the pieces that we have. And just like a shop, they like to rotate styles. So they'll bring older styles forward. And what we can do with our wardrobe is do the same thing, is actually go through your wardrobe, look through the pieces and figure out what is a style common theme that I have here. Like for me, I I always have leopard print and stripes. I'm such one of those print girls. And I at one time Mm. had 12, 12 leopard print tops. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to stop myself because I was always bringing them home. So that is actually an amazing tip as well for someone who is feeling overwhelmed and wants Mm. a little bit of a wardrobe and a shopping strategy at the same time. Yeah. And look, it's only, it's only happened to me recently, but I think once you find your style, then it, so for me, my style is very like denim, black, gray stripes, a little bit of leopard, like really sort of, you know, nothing too out there. But then once you have that base, if say lilac is the color of the season, then you could go and purchase a lilac knit or a lilac cami or something to add to what is already in your wardrobe. So it's a hard balance, but um, buying pieces that, you know, yeah. It's like building the blocks of your wardrobe, isn't it? It's like finding that foundation of who am I? What do I like to wear? What are those basic staple pieces? And then you can start adding the flashy fun pieces in um, as the seasons change. And that is actually a really good good advice as well, because we do get so caught up with all these sales and all these cool trends. And Mm -hmm. a lot of these trends actually don't suit everybody as well which is something I want to ask you so how have you how have you experienced being a mom and what sort of tip you can give someone another mom who may be going through postpartum um and struggling a little bit with their body acceptance look it's it's really probably the one of the most difficult things aside from lack of sleep (laughs) for um new mums to grasp is your body does change and i think i'm a victim myself i have about probably 10 pairs of jeans in my wardrobe that i just can't quite part with because i love denim so much but i need to come to the fact that they're not going to fit me anymore (laughs) i've had three kids physically you know my hips are wider now my pelvis is wider i mean i'm not going to be the same shape that i was pre-kids and i think the faster that you can come to terms with that and accept it and shop for 
your body now, the sooner that you're going to grow your confidence back. Just being kind to yourself as well. It took, you know, 12 months to conceive and grow this baby. It's going to take at least 12 months to feel like yourself again. And there's no rush. You should be in this love bubble with your newborn and your baby, your toddler and growing. And, you know, what they say is the fourth trimester of um, postpartum. You've, you've really just got to acknowledge that you're not going to be able to get that time back. So don't worry about your body. It's about the baby. And I think the sooner you embrace that and, you know, wear comfort, wear styles that you feel good in and think about your body as an afterthought. It's hard. It's really hard. And I still struggle with it because I still probably don't have quite the tummy area that I had pre-kids. But I think you just got to accept that there's bigger things in life now. And yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's no right or wrong answer because obviously having body confidence and style confidence can bring about happiness and make you a, a better mom, but you can't put all your focus on that either. What I love about your answer is that it's about the seasons. We need to accept, like you said, what season we are in mm. and be okay with that first. And there's no rush. So if you are experiencing a little bit of sadness for how you used to look and you've got 12 pairs of jeans that you can't let go, that's okay. That mm-hmm. is so okay. And not to put this pressure on yourself to dress a certain way, look a certain way, because your body does change. And I've already noticed mm-hmm. since being pregnant, my hips are widening and my yeah. boobs have tripled in size. And mm-hmm. it's it's about learning to find yourself again and and really date yourself again. And I think that if we can slowly love the new us, eventually we will be able to just accept the body that we have. Yeah. And look, it is difficult. It's not an easy thing, but it takes time. And uh, you might not ever have 100% acceptance of how you are post-baby, but yeah, it's just sitting with it and trying as hard as you can to accept it. And then, of course, there's all tips and tricks of how you can make yourself feel good as well. So, How do you manage the two lifestyles? You are cooking, you have lifestyle content, and you've got fashion content, and you're a mom. Like, how do you schedule all that? <laughs> I actually don't. So <laughs> that that's probably one downfall of my page, that it's not scheduled. It is very much what's happening at that time is what I'll produce content from, especially the cooking. Like... I will film what we're going to have that night, literally what we're going to eat that night or bake that weekend. I think that helped content come more organically and more relatable um, because it is my real life and it's not scheduled or planned as such. So I'm very sort of ad hoc with my content and think about what's happening that day and, and how I could perhaps produce some video out of it. When I first started, I felt the pressure to be on my phone a lot and I would record a lot but I feel as though I'm at the point now where I can share because I want to and not share because I have to Mm. so back when I first started my Instagram I felt immense pressure to share because I had to I had to get more followers I had to get more likes I had to get more comments I had to get more shares in my mind but now I think once you let that pressure go and just accept your page or your content for what it is you can take that pressure away and share because you want to so for me my content now is things that I want to share and also things that are happening organically in my life without having to 
think about it too much. Oh, I'm so inspired by that. That is that is such amazing advice because I recently took a break off Instagram because it did get very overwhelming for me because mm. I felt like I was always on demand with this algorithm and trying to figure yes. out what do the people want? What does the algorithm need? What does my business need? And I did feel like a little bit of a robot and I yeah. just kind of got burnt out for getting my why on just having fun and why I started this yeah. page. And I think exactly. it's, it's actually quite nice to hear where I see you at this like <laughs> premium <laughs> celebrity level actually experiencing the same and, and saying, you know what, it mm. got to a point where you do have to come back to your why and you do have to just post because you want to post. And I actually think that that is where the growth happens. Definitely. And for me as well, um, it comes back to that number thing. Don't don't worry about the numbers. As you said, once you start posting organically and relatable content and things, I think your audience can see it as well. And you're right, the growth does come naturally. Yeah, it's and it just takes that pressure off. And yeah. it's content creating and influencing is probably one business where you actually don't have any control of your business. I yeah. mean, we're owned by Meta. If Meta decide to delete Instagram tomorrow, well then that's gone. So it's really important as well to not be super hyper-focused and obsessed with this world. Yes, this is my job, content creating, but I've got lots of activities outside of this, volunteer work, my kids' activities, and really throwing myself into my community as well. So I think once you get to the stage where you're just so hyper-focused and obsessed on numbers and algorithm and poured your heart and soul into a reel and it didn't get good numbers and you feel so down about it, well, you just got to take a step back and think, actually, I don't have control of that. I don't have control of who Instagram is showing my things to. But I've got my outside community that love and accept and appreciate the work that I do. And that's really important to stay focused on that more than an app on your phone. Yeah, an app on your phone. And that's actually great advice for anyone who's listening to this podcast who is a content creator or wants to be a business owner or wants to use social media in some way. It's having that balance in your life and you are a perfect representation of that. And what I love, and I'm going to go back to that reel of you cooking muffins because (laughs) I could genuinely feel you in the kitchen as you were because you had the flour all over your top and then you brushed (laughs) it off and then you were whipping up the, I think it was the egg and then you're like oh that'll do and and it was so relatable to me because I'm like that if we were in the kitchen together that is literally how we would cook it wasn't planned out it wasn't like aesthetically pleasing it was just so genuine you and at the end you're like here are my muffins and they were just like genuine muffins I I think as well (laughs) I I literally don't have time being a busy mum with my community commitments I don't have time anymore to literally go through and stop and record and and retake or um, edit heavily. I just think it's just so much more fun just to almost go live and just record the content and press go. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. But that is me. I I literally am. You're getting what I am in real life. Like I would never want to get to the point where my friends and family watch my content and think that's not the real Helen or that's not how she would talk or she would never have a clean kitchen like that she's she's not pulling our legs you know I I want I want my audience to see what my real life friends and family get and I think that's really important to stay true to yourself and yeah, it's it's just more fun that way. Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> Stay true off. to yourself. Take the pressure off, and remember why you started this page. Even if you do grow mm. and you get such a big audience, it's just coming back to that why. And yeah, that is just yeah. Such that's the thing. Advice. We we all started these pages 
with zero followers. Mm. You know, we were still constantly producing content and putting it out there in the hope that it would grow. But the content that we were producing back then had such a small audience. And I think once it does grow, people feel the pressure to Mm. make it more shiny. But it's really, that's why people started following in the first place was this relatable personal content. So Yeah, and that's why I think we vibe so well because what you see is what you get. And I think as well, if I were to meet someone offline, I hope that I'm expressing the same sort of emotion and the same sort of personality I am online. And I always get that feedback as well, where it's like, yeah, I follow you and I like your content because you're showing genuine raw swamp monster looks with, you know, no makeup on, your hair up in a bun and you've just woken up on the day and you're like, this is my outfit for the day, you know? And people go, hey, that's me. That's literally how I feel today. I actually think if people bump into me at Coles, I look 10 times worse than I do online because I've got the mum bun and no makeup. <laughs> oh, I think that, yeah, it's funny. But yeah, I think you just, yeah, you just got to be yourself. That's the whole thing. Just be yourself. There's so many people doing this now. It's just be yourself and people will connect with you. Yeah. And that's how you stand out just by being yourself because no one can be you. And exactly. that's the message. <laughs> Just be yourself. Exactly. Your, 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 what they say, the tribe will, your vibe will attract your tribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what would you say is your biggest, most common question that you get asked in your DMs by your peeps online? Oh, usually it's like, can you make this recipe gluten-free? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I know. It just depends what I've spoken about that day. I think, honestly, it's, I get a lot of mums and even nans just Aww. writing to me, like, saying thank you for the relatable content or that's happening to me too or, oh, I thought that I was the only one that happens to. So I think it's like just building a, a, a trust with the community and a relatable figure where people realise they're not alone with what they're going through as well. In regards to products and cooking and things, I don't know, I just get really sort of messages asking I don't know where'd you get that from or things like that like yeah just normal conversations that you probably text a mate yeah yeah yeah, that's great so now that we're at the stage with your page like you've you've you are like a beautiful brand ambassador you've gone on amazing events you've done amazing work with so many different brands where do you see your page going like where's the direction for Helen what do you want to do on this path Coming up to nine years now, to be honest, I, I'm ready for something else to be my main thing now and Instagram supplement that. As I said, I'm up to the point now where I'm sharing because I want to and not because I have to. So I want to have a you know a job outside of this. I, I would love to become a media personality yes. away from Instagram and Instagram can just supplement that and support that. From now, I'm going to be on a journey of trying to get some opportunities outside of social media. I think also showing a behind the scenes journey of that. Still working with great brands. I love that. But yeah, really just honing in on the skills that I've learned uh, from my time on social media and putting that elsewhere now as well. So I think that's what happened with with all accounts. Like yourself, you've got your business and your styling and, you know, you you probably never envisaged that just by showing your favourite Instagram, outfits on Instagram, that would lead to that. And I'm so, I love seeing like so many of my Insta friends now really growing businesses from what just started as a social media account. And that is, that's the goal, right? That's the dream. You you don't want to be stuck in these little squares forever. Um, You want to build that outside community and have that outside business. And then your Instagram can just support and supplement that as a normal business would with their marketing. So that's what I'm up to now. Who knows? I think the next 12 months will 
hopefully open some new doors for me um, and some new work opportunities. And I, I really am, op- I just keep an open heart yes. to anything really, because just give everything a go and have fun. Yes. And that's really what it is. It's starting with a passion and your why, and then being relatable, showing your life. And then eventually the doors do open. And that's sort of what happened with me is I didn't go into this Instagram land with the intention of having this full-time business and having this podcast and whatnot. Like I just started taking selfies of me in cute, affordable fashion, which I started to hear requests from my audience saying, you should do some styling. And I remember the first client I got, this is crazy. I got a client who emailed me and she wanted to book me in for a styling session. And she was from the middle of nowhere, like in Australia. We did a styling session over email where I just typed back some suggestions. She sent me a photo of her 40th birthday from my suggestions of being like this beautiful pear-shaped figure. She ended up buying a dress. And then um, from that point on, I thought, okay, this is potentially something that I could look into, especially if I haven't even met this person and I've just given her some tips through email. What does this look like? And then it was COVID, COVID happened. I started to do virtual online styling sessions and I just slowly built it from there. And now it's just, it continues on. And I love that you're in that mind frame now of being like, what is next for me? Like, I am so excited, keeping an open heart. And that's actually really good advice for anyone out there who is a mom or somebody who is like, oh, I'm ready for change. But what does that look like? Like, what do I do? That's really good advice of just saying, you know what, just keep an open heart, look for the opportunities, put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. be genuine, and they will open up for you. And it is scary and it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, as I said, I'm I'm going to be nine years in this space next month and it's a journey. It yeah. really is a journey. But I think if you just keep pushing forward and keep believing in that sort of end goal, even if you don't know what that goal is, but you know you, that you want more, or that you're striving for more, just keep pushing forward and, and you'll get there. You'll get there. Just, just stay kind and have an open heart. And I think that's the main, main thing. Oh, stay kind and have an open. That is the most beautiful. And I like, and I think that's where we'll end the podcast here because that is the most (laughs) beautiful way to express yourself into the world, share kindness, be supportive, have fun, (laughs) keep an open mind. Actually picking up on what you just said, then be supportive. Like Yes. This can be a brutal space as well, I think. And I like to think that I've always been supportive and I can feel the support of other people that are genuine as well. It's There's plenty of room for everyone. You don't go to Coles and there's only one loaf of bread on the shelf. There's a, <laughs> a hundred loaves of bread. They're yes. just all a little bit different. So there's plenty of room for everyone to stay supportive and kind. And I think that's the main thing that can project you forward as well is, is being genuine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. This whole episode is just about genuine, being supportive, being kind. And I resonate so highly on that. And I think, like I said, that is a big reason why I followed you because from the very, very beginning when I didn't even have my page and you had maybe about 30,000 followers, you were so kind. You were so kind to me. And I think there's a, there's a really great saying that I like to remind myself is like, don't burn bridges early on because you never know where that person will be years later. And if you, you're just, you never know when you might need to cross to the other side. Yeah. You don't want a burnt bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and by being kind and being yourself, which is actually so natural of you, like you can just tell <laughs> by looking at you, listening to you, it, it, it's just a natural way of being. And these doors are open up. And in the nine years that you've had your page, you've had some incredible opportunities and working with some incredible brands and you've built this amazing audience from being kind mm. and being yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good to like. It's nice to hear someone else say that too, because I think that's another thing. You, you sometimes you you are so focused on pushing forward, you forget where you've come and 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 what you've achieved so far. So it is nice to reflect as well. So and you never, thank you, lovely words. Oh, you're so welcome. And you never know how your way of living, the way that you show up online, can actually influence someone's life. Like, who's to say without you, would I be here today? It's actually a great mindset to think that your way of being could actually help someone's entire life change. Oh, I, I, that's right, though. Like, we have platforms. We have influence. And, you know, we we have responsibility with that, I think. So just always keep that in mind as well, that people are watching. <laughs> they are watching. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Helen. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad that we had the chat in the toilet <laughs> all those years ago. <laughs> I was the crazy um, girl yeah. coming up to you in the toilet saying, I'm such a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing that, you know, I, I've, I've loved meeting so many different people and you're one of them. So thank oh. you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you. You've got so much exciting things coming oh up. Oh my God, thank you. I can't wait to continue following your journey as well. And where <laughs> can people follow you? I know I've said it so many times, but I want to hear it from you. Say your, say your Instagram page loud and proud. <laughs> Yeah, so I heart Kmart on Instagram um, and on Facebook. Hello, Helen James. It's been amazing chatting with you today. <laughs> if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at she's so seasonal. I'm on everywhere. You know, you'll find me literally everywhere. But I'm sure we'll have Helen back on the show again. So I hope you have a beautiful day today. Mm-hmm.